Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Also, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler will have details on the FCC Agrispirit Fund. And up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with Lisa Bishop Spencer, Director of Brand and Communications for Chicken Farmers of Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Canada has seen a limited number of outbreaks of the highly pathogenic H5N1 strain of avian flu this year. Here now with the details is Lisa Bishop-Spencer, Director of Brand and Communications for Chicken Farmers of Canada. There are currently several farms where birds have tested positive for avian influenza, and this is a highly pathogenic strain. So the Canadian Food Inspection Agency has quarantined those farms, and they've created what we call control zones around those farms. So that movement control measures are in place. And then on top of that, we have enhanced biosecurity protocols in place on the farms as well. What provinces has this been um, confirmed in? So we had some uh, cases in a backyard flock in Newfoundland, uh, some cases in commercial flocks in Nova Scotia, and now we are, have some commercial cases in commercial farms in Ontario as well as backyard farms in Ontario. Is this something that's uh, you know being seen in the States as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, the States is actually experiencing a, a much more, um, uh, I would say, just several more cases than what we have um, here in Canada. Uh, it's just it's part of the migratory bird pattern. So everywhere that has it in the United States and even in Canada are all underneath what we call migratory bird flyways. And Lisa, just how important is it to, to contain this, um, you know, and just talk about the impact on the, on the chicken industry? Well, the impact could be fairly significant if this is not well contained. Ontario is well positioned. They have what's called the Featherboard Command Center, which is really a coalition of the entire uh, poultry and egg sector from hatchery all the way to processing. Uh, so that includes farmers and feed mills, etc. And what they do is they are, you know, they work with their farmers to ensure that, you know, that there's a lot of disease prevention out there. And the other thing that they do is they uh, work when, you know, when a, when an animal disease is present in 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 Ontario, they work really hard to mitigate that. So. Um, I think what we're trying to do right now is ensure that all farmers know that this is the time of year that we can expect avian influenza to uh, to show up, and we have to make sure that we're taking all the necessary biosecurity protocols to prevent it. So effectively, it comes down to the maxim, if it's in, keep it in, and if it's out, keep it out. Is there any risk to, um, to food safety or human health? None. Um, Health Canada and uh, CFIA have both assured us that this is not a food safety or quality issue. This is, in fact, a flock health issue. The risk to the general health population and the general health of, of consumers is is minimal, and Canadians continue, can continue to enjoy their poultry and egg products as they always have. And do we know how this is spreading? It's spreading through migratory birds. So what will happen is that um, avian influenza will will follow migratory bird um, flyways, and their viruses, the virus that they carry, uh, can be carried via water droplets. All right. Um, anything else to to add here, Lisa? Uh, no, I think it's really just important that you know can, 
consumers should rest assured that Health Canada is definitive that this is not a food safety issue. It's a flock health issue and that poultry and egg products are you know, always available for Canadians to enjoy as they always have. That was Lisa Bishop-Spencer, Director of Brand and Communications for Chicken Farmers of Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Grain Growers of Canada is taking a lead on the road to 2050 Net Zero Emissions Initiative. Chair Andre Harp says they're taking a practical and proactive approach with the goal to propose a path forward that focuses on innovation, research and beneficial management practices for farmers. Brandon Leslie, the GGC's Manager of Policy and Government Relations, says they'll be reaching out to other farm organizations to get involved. There's going to be a lot of uh, farmer involvement through, through the representative groups to make sure that you know this path uh, of road to 2050 isn't, isn't veering off in a direction that doesn't make sense for farmers. Uh, as since it's the, the whole point is to make sure that farmer voices are at the forefront here and, and leading this conversation about emission reductions, not just being told what to do. And the Canadian Canola Growers Association is seeing a spike in the number of farmers applying for the Advanced Payments Program. Dave Gallant is Director of Finance and Operations. We've seen a really good sign-up this year. There's a lot of demand, certainly with with the increasing costs of input, fuel, etc. There's a lot more demand from farmers, uh, especially after last year's harvest and, and how many farmers didn't get a good harvest off. So we've seen a lot more demand in terms of the dollar amount and a lot of customers coming to the door early. On April 1st, the first day of the program, Canadian canola growers issued over $275 million in cash advances, providing more than 1,500 farmers across Western Canada with cash flow. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, April 5th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendalee Allen Vossler will have details on Farm Credit Canada's Agra Spirit Fund. Farm Credit Canada is now accepting applications from registered charities and nonprofit organizations in rural Canada for the FCC Agra Spirit Fund. Glendalee Allen Vossler got the details from Carla Warnica, Manager of Community Investment. Carla, of course, what we wanted to focus in on is the fact that Farm Credit Canada is now accepting applications for the FCC AgriSpirit Fund. Tell us about the fund, if you will. You bet. Uh, The FCC AgriSpirit Fund, it's one of the ways we work with our local organizations, you know, to help enrich communities where employees and customers are living and working. So as you know, rural Canadians are so passionate about the communities and making them even better places to live. So this is our opportunity really to support those efforts. So if anyone has a project that they think might be a fit, we really encourage them to apply. So take us through the fund, the the dollars we're talking about, the money that's available. It's for rural and Indigenous communities of under 150,000 people. So they can apply for money, like you set up, from between five dollars and $25,000. So all they have to do is go to www.fccagrispiritfund.ca. And on that website, they can find the application. They can look at eligibility requirements and see a list of past projects to get an idea if, you know, the project would be a fit. And about $1.5 million in funding will be handed out this year? You bet. Yeah, $1.5 million across the country. And what kind of projects would be eligible here? Yeah, they can really run the gamut. So as I mentioned, you know, uh, capital projects. So some examples of things we've uh, funded in the past would be things like um, equipment, 
for food banks like refrigeration equipment and that sort of thing. We've supported construction and renovation projects for community buildings. We've also done things that are agriculture and food related initiatives in rural communities, things like community gardens or maybe a van to transport food to rural centers, things like that. And who can apply and take us through that application process, if you will? It's quite, it's quite straightforward, we think. You know, it's, again, any rural or Indigenous community of under 150,000 people. They can take a look at the website and see, you know, check out the eligibility guidelines and see if they're a fit. And um, the application process is quite straightforward. You just click on the link on the website and it takes you in and it's just an online form. No additional information to send in, no additional paperwork to forward. It's just everything is done through that online application form. But I encourage people to go on a little bit ahead of time and make sure they've got the time to gather the information they'll need for their application. And But they have until April 29th. So there's still quite a bit of time left to put that application in. What kind of a difference, what kind of feedback are are you hearing from groups that have been able to access this funding? What kind of a difference is it making out there? We've heard from many groups that it makes quite a difference in those rural communities. It can be a little trickier to find access to funding in those smaller centers. So that's really a, a lot of what the AgriSpirit Fund is about. It's really about um, providing access to that funding for those crucial projects that are happening in smaller communities that keep those communities vibrant places for people to live and work. Final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? Just really encourage anyone who has a project they think might be a fit to apply. The funding is there to support all those success, you know, wonderful projects that are happening in rural communities. We really would love to support them and encourage everyone to take a look. Go onto the website, again, www.fccagrispiritfund.ca and take a look and see if the project will be a fit and put in an application. Carla Warnica is the Manager of Community Investment with Farm Credit Canada. FCC's AgriSpirit Fund is now accepting applications. The application deadline is April 29th. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The annual general meeting for Manitoba Pork takes place tomorrow at the Fairmont, Winnipeg. You can register on the Manitoba Pork website. The Manitoba Sustainable Energy Association invites you to the annual Sustainable Energy Conference April 6th at the William Glesby Centre in Portage La Prairie. Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiative is hosting grazing workshops April 12th to the 14th. You can register on the MBFI website. Events take place April 12th at the Northdale Farm Site, north of Brandon, April 13th at the Ericsdale Community Centre, and April 14th at the Grandview Kinsman Community Centre. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Manitoba Pork is hosting its annual general meeting at the Fairmont Hotel in Winnipeg tomorrow. I got the details from General Manager Cam Dahl. This is our, our 57th AGM, and for the uh, 56th and 55th, of course, we were virtual. So it's, it's going to be really nice to, uh, to see people face-to-face. And, of course, for me, I'm, I'm going to be meeting a lot of producers face-to-face for the first time. And so uh, it's something I'm really personally looking forward to. And 
I, I know I know all the the farmers across Manitoba are as well. It's it uh, it will be good to get together in person. Just talk a little bit about the format of the of the meeting and um, you know some of the key topics that'll be uh, discussed. Well, you know we we go through some of the business, of course, of of the uh, uh, Manitoba Pork Council. We we need to de- do that. We need to talk about the finances and uh, uh, elect the board and and all those kinds of uh, kinds of good things that we do at AGMs. But we'll. We'll also talk, for example, about uh, the uh, the key principles in our, our new strategic plan and what that means for the direction of the organization going ahead. And that's something that's um, you know that's really important for for farmers to be part of and and to provide their feedback and insight. Uh, we're going to talk about PED, of of course. We're going to talk about how we're preparing for uh, for African swine fever. Hope it doesn't arrive, but we need to be prepared. We're going to talk about things like public trust and our investment in in research, and just you know where we see the industry going in the, in the next few years. So, um, you know, hopefully it's it's something that uh, that is going to be informative for uh, for producers. And you know, definitely I can't stress this enough. We we really want uh, every pork producer in Manitoba to to be there tomorrow, so that uh, we can we can get the insights from them. That's really. That's really the core purpose of, of our AGM is is to provide that opportunity for farmers to give us feedback. And uh, one one common presentation I know I've uh, seen in the past um, pork producers from uh, from the states uh, this year from Iowa and, and Minnesota. Just talk about the perspective that uh, you know they'll bring. Yes, and again, it's it's uh, it's going to be so good to to see them in person. Um, you know, Iowa and Minnesota are key customers of ours, and uh, that uh, that relationship uh, is is a really good one. And uh, something that we we need to continue to work on going forward is is to to make sure that we know what's going on in each other's jurisdictions. And uh, you know, if there's trends in the industry in the U.S., uh, you know, we'll we'll have an opportunity to talk about that or. If there's regulations like the Proposition 12 in California, you know what impact that's going to have on on our partners in Iowa and in Minnesota, and you know subsequently what uh, what impacts those changes are going to have on on us here in Manitoba. So it's uh, it's really that opportunity to exchange ideas and talk about trends. Uh, and again, it's a it's a strong relationship. They're they're very good customers and very good partners and. Um, it's it's going to be good to be able to sit down with them in person. Uh, Dr. Ryan Brook from the uh, University of Saskatchewan will be talking about um, wild pigs. Um, you know, just what what's the importance on on that topic? Yeah, and uh, I'll give you a preview. Uh, you've heard of squeal on pigs in other provinces. We'll we'll have a, a chance to to unveil the the Manitoba version of of squeal on pigs at our AGM as well. And. Uh, we see what what's happening in states like California or or Texas. Texas now has more wild pigs than people, um, and the the ecological damage and environmental damage that they do is uh, is tremendous. Uh, and as well, they they you know are a, a potential pool for diseases like PD or, or heaven forbid even African swine fever. Uh, we we still have an opportunity to to eradicate them here in Manitoba. But we don't have much of a window. Um, their growth is is uh, is exponential, um, and we're in that upward slope on the curve. And so now is the time. Um, we don't have much of it left, but now is the time to uh, to really focus on eradicating this problem before it gets out of hand. 
um, and uh, before it starts wrecking every environment that they're in. Can producers still register here today? Or? Yes, I, they can if you want to come. Uh, we'd, uh, we'd, welcome, uh, we'd welcome people, but of course this is, this is we, we need to know how many people are coming to get meals and things like that in place. So if, if you're able to come, please get that in. Um, we'd uh, welcome, really want you to be there. And uh, but uh, but please do register so we so we know how people are how many people are going to be there for our lunches and and dinner and um, that uh, that kind of thing. That was Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. The group is hosting its annual general meeting tomorrow at the Fairmont Hotel in Winnipeg. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers have been taking advantage of the Advanced Payments Program. On April 1st, the first day of the program, Canadian Canola Growers Association issued over $275 million in cash advances, providing more than 1,500 farmers across Western Canada with cash flow. Dave Gallant is Director of Finance and Operations. The big change for the program this year is the fact that the rates are significantly higher than last year. So the, the rates now are more reflective of the values farmers are getting for their commodities. So, for instance, canola this year is worth three sixty three seventy five a ton versus last year was $252.20. Wheat's up to $145.50 a ton from $111.50 a ton. Even for the same acres that the farmer is seeding this year, they can get significantly more money in terms of cash flow to help put that crop in uh, with this year's rates. Farmers can access advances on over 50 commodities, including field crops, large and small livestock, organic crops and livestock, and honey. Producers can apply for a cash advance of up to $100,000 interest-free and to a maximum of a million dollars. The interest-bearing portion is charged an interest rate of prime less 0.75%. And Grain Growers of Canada is leading a climate solutions initiative to help meet Canada's ambitious goal of net zero emissions by 2050. Brandon Leslie, Manager of Policy and Government Relations, says it's important to be part of the discussion. This project is really meant to, uh, to engage with government and provide recommendations of what those policies and programs that you know, we know are going to be coming, how we can actually tailor them so that they can be uh, beneficial to farmers, whether it be financially or even just practical to farmers. You know, I think there's a, that lack of education of what happens on the farm. Um, it, it just, it, it's not, not available in Ottawa, and so there's an element of that. Grain Growers Chair Andre Harp says the farmer-driven path to net zero must reflect what farmers have done and can sustainably do in the future, which is why GDC has decided to lead this important initiative. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.